sometimes I'm saying stuff during the passing of the peace, and I don't want y'all to hear what I'm saying. <laughs> so I don't take any chances. I don't know if I ever told you the story about I was doing this wedding, and, uh, and they invited me for the wedding. And so uh, the kids that were in the bridal uh, party were just, they were bad. Like they were running around, they were everywhere, they were acting out and doing all kind of crazy stuff. And we couldn't, you know, get the wedding party in, and then we, you know, we couldn't get the march in right, and the kids were running around and everything. So finally, after we're done with the rehearsal, uh, I go into another room uh, to talk to my friend who's catering, and I'm like, those are some bad kids, and I cannot believe they let the kids run around like that. Lord have mercy, I don't know how, and so my mic is still on. And everybody in the chapel is hearing me go on and on and use some words that are not very pastoral. <laughs> uh, and so when I walked in, they were just all kind of giggling and laughing. And so sorry. It was a mess. It was a mess. Well, uh, today is indeed um, a very uh, joyous day. Uh, we uh, are expecting uh, a good boat at the end of uh, the service today. Um, just a quick detail, uh, one of the things that we're going to do is to, we're just gonna go ahead and vote in here. So we're gonna just lock y'all in and until everybody comes to a yes vote, <laughs> uh, we'll call out. So uh, we'll, do it, we'll do it in here. And, uh, I, I think it'll be a good idea for us to do it in the context uh, of worship. Uh, as well, too, and then we'll close with the uh, benediction uh, and then head out. Okay, so uh, I also want to make sure that I recognize uh, our uh, association minister, uh, Reverend Jasmine Quinterly, uh, here in the front. If y'all haven't met her, please make sure you know. have our friends with us from uh, Pilgrim Congregational, uh, Yvette Scales and Renee Thompson. Uh, these, these are my partners in crime over at Sedegas Heights and when we go to uh, Chisholm uh, Conference, we have such a good time. Well, Renee does at least. Yeah. <laughs> and then also uh, Alice Coffey from uh, Unity of Houston is here as well too. Believe it or not, uh, Alice taught me a lot uh, uh, while I was while we were there at Unity of Houston. We're very grateful for that, and a lot of that is included in a lot of the teachings here. So, uh, thank you for your contribution to this ministry. Okay, well, let's just dive right in here. Please pray with me, gracious and loving God. Thank you for this holy and sacred moment. Give me now the eye of the eagle that I may see clearly into the hopes, joys, fears, and sorrows of your people. Weave my hand to the gospel plow, tie my tongue to truth. Let us hear from you, the still speaking God, the ever living God in our midst. This we pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. The joy of ownership. Did the fly come up there? Good. The joy of ownership. So, uh, two years ago, Marcus and I purchased the current home that we live in. 
Uh, it was a wonderful, you know, process that we had to go through, and Marcus was, you know, it, it just extremely like on it, very detailed oriented about making sure that this whole process came to an end successfully and that we closed successfully. And then uh, we closed, we moved into the house, and I tell you, it was probably not two weeks later. I say, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna run out and, now mind you, so I'm, I'm just gonna be a little vulnerable. We had, you know, you pay all your debt down before you go and buy a house, right? Because your score to be where it needs to be and all this other kind of stuff. And so I was like, well, man, we got all this free, free credit, this free money. I need to go and get some speakers for upstairs and put in the, you know, we got this, this system in the house. We have a 30 year old home, but you remember when they used to put those, uh, the, uh, sound systems in the house, the radios and all this. We have speakers everywhere. So I was thinking, oh, well, you know, I can run out and buy these speakers. I can at least get enough for the downstairs. So while I'm out looking for speakers, Marcus calls me to tell me there's water running down the wall in the restroom. And I'm thinking, I'm mad at him because I was like, we need a new house and let's move out and stuff. He goes, I want a custom home and blah, blah. So we find out there's water running down the restroom wall. And so I get, I stop what I'm doing, come back home to see the water running down the wall. Well, I want to know where the water's coming from. Well, it's not coming from the restroom upstairs. It's actually coming from an attic. From the, attic. the AC unit had dipped all this water in and the, 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 the relief valve wasn't working, so the water was running outside the pipe and running down the side of the wall. So, enters the joy of ownership. <laughs> the reason the water was running like that is because no one ever told me when you own a home, Yana didn't even tell us after we moved in. He was like, oh yeah, I wanted to, I meant to tell y'all about that. You're supposed to pour some bleach in this pipe up in the attic so that you keep all the little slime and stuff that accumulates in the P-trap. I don't even know what a P-trap is. If you don't know what a P-trap is, look it up. I, I know that what a P-trap is. So there's this P-trap that catches all the slime and the gunk and all that stuff. Well, to keep that cleared out, you have to do routine maintenance. You have to go up there and drop some little pellets in or pour some bleach in there to make sure that you get all of that stuff out of there. We have since upgraded and closed it up, and now we have somebody come over and pour the stuff in and blow it out for us. But it's a routine maintenance that had to take place. So we didn't do it after the first time we didn't get on. So then this thing happened again, right? So now what we've done is we've closed up everything, it's sealed up, there's only a small amount of maintenance that we have to do to make sure that we keep everything flowing as it should flow. This is just one example of when we own something and we're responsible for something that we have to continuously do the maintenance necessary to keep that particular thing up. You can't drive your car for years and years and years without putting gas in it or putting oil in it. Unless it's a Tesla, of course, so there's a footnote. Right, there is maintenance that has to be done. There is maintenance that is going to have to be done here on this building and on the property. I don't know when you were singing and looking up, I was like, I wonder if he's thinking, Lord, I got a lot of work to do as a facilities person. But there is maintenance 
that will have to be done in order to keep things running efficiently and running properly. That is because when you're the owner, that is your responsibility. That is something that you must do. We all must do. With our scripture today, there is some ownership that is going on as well, too, and not that much maintenance. When we look to the scripture that was read today, we probably don't consider ourselves to be uh, the tax collector. We probably don't consider ourselves to be the Roman soldier who is asking, what must I do to, G to, G to be saved? What must I do to have this meaningful life? We probably consider ourselves the people who are sitting there watching Jesus school the tax collector and the soldier. We're sitting there thinking, oh, we already have this particular lesson down pat. Or we're possibly sitting there thinking, as he said in the video, no, I own Jesus. We own this particular relationship. And so it's not us that needs to worry about the words that are being said to the tax collector. It's not us that needs to worry about the words that are being said to the Roman soldier. We think that we have some sort of ownership over Jesus. But even that ownership comes with some level of responsibility and maintenance. Consider this story when it comes to this group of people or with any other group of people in different churches that we think, as he said in the video, we own the block on Jesus. That our particular way of doing church, our particular way of existing, our particular way of being church, being Christian, is the only particular way that we own it all. But in reality, what we own is our experience. In reality, what we own is our experience and care and support of one another in this church. I would also go further to say, it's not just about owning Jesus and saying Jesus is our personal relationship, our personal friend, and we own the block on Jesus. How is it do we come to understand that Jesus owns us? How is it that we come to understand in that old traditional sense that we are all bought with a price? How do we come to see that Jesus owns us and are we willing to let the maintenance be done? Jesus Owning us means that sometimes we're going to have to allow Jesus to change our oil. It's a season of dryness and we're wondering what's wrong and we're wondering why we can't seem to feel right in this season and in this time and all this hustle and bustle and fury and why do, why do things seem just so dry. Maybe it is time for God to change your oil. Maybe it is time for God to do some maintenance. We have seemed to have it the other way around. We think we more own Jesus than Jesus owns us.
We want to be the one to do the maintenance on the relationship. We want to be the one to go pour the bleach down the pipe. We want to be the one to make sure all of this maintenance is done in the relationship. But there comes a point in time where we just cannot figure it out on our own. And it is better to say, Jesus, you own me. You own this. Show me the way. Let me be owned by Jesus in this way. I asked Marcus on the way in this morning, I said, what does it, what does it mean when somebody says, you've been owned? And he says, well, it means that somebody schooled you. It means that someone showed you the way, and sometimes not in a nice way, that you were kind of showed up by a particular learning experience, that you were kind of caught off guard by a particular learning experience, maybe even embarrassed by the learning experience. That is the kind of experience that we need to let Jesus own us with in this season as we expect Christ to be born anew in our lives. Is anybody in this house ready to be owned? Is anybody ready for Jesus to show up and show out and show you what maintenance needs to be done in your life? What correction needs to be made in this season of your life? We have it twisted that we think we own the experience, we own Christ, we own the block on this thing, but really what we're being called to is for Jesus to own us, for us to be owned by the maker and creator of the universe. Is anybody in here ready to be owned? Is anybody ready to have their experience shaped and made anew by Jesus in this season?